Okay, we're here for round two of the I Hate Insurance podcast at um, SHOT Show. We're here with some guys I've met before, and uh, I want you to introduce yourself and tell us. I don't know, I know a little bit about both of you, but I don't know where you came from and how you got to where you're at. Uh, My name's Matt, usually known as The Collector, based out of North Dakota. I have a thousand acre ranch that I'm turning into a gun range, and I have a gun range in my house, and with about 550 guns. Oh. Basically what So what how long to. have you lived up there? Um, it's going about since 2012 in this house, particular house. Before that, I moved there about 02. So I thought you were in Colorado, but you're in North Dakota. Back and forth. Oh, really? Back and forth. Right. Yep. So what was it like building your own range up there? Still doing the it. Rules? Still doing it. It's hard work, moving dirt. Right. I think I talk to Brian all the time, try to call Brian for advice. What to do, what not to do, learn from what he's learned from, and everything else. It's not easy work. <laughs> right. On forklift, I mean, on loaders, yeah. on everything. On but are you doing that by hand? No. So it's hard to work to drive a forklift? Uh, it can be when you get beat up a lot. I mean, I could do it by hand. It'd probably get done faster because <laughs> if I swell up, you know, it does happen pretty quick. Uh, but throw your no. back out. Yeah, throw my back out. Exactly. Pick it up dirt. Going to the restroom, throw my back out. It does happen. Yeah. But um, no, it's. Um, it's yeah, tedious. So very it's tedious. an outdoor range. Yeah, outdoor. But we got um, the mile long is doing now. We build two roads. I had a hundred, no, two hundred and sixty truckloads of road base come in. I mean, it's just ongoing. But the weather screwed us up because we got like five inches of rain in an hour. Right. So it really messed up the roads. So we had to redo everything. A week after we put the road in, that happened. Oh. Never fails. So what's your closest neighbor? Do they complain? Uh, closest neighbor right now. He's about two miles away. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. So I've met him. I made sure I talked to him. But I've got other people that live down the street that's actually going to be helping me. Right. So hang some more stuff. So, yeah, it's working out. So you know Philip, Huh? Oh, yeah. You know Philip, Yeah. So, so we wrote his range this year. We wrote all his property. He's a partner. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's got that ex-insurance. Yeah. Man, he's a happy camper now. Before he was potentially in danger zone. So, no, we, uh, tell us about your coolest gun, what, what you think your oh, coolest man. gun is. It's like asking me, what would I do? What would I do? What's my favorite? If you I mean, could have one gun. I've, yeah, if I had a dollar for every time. Um, <laughs> my dad's 22. Really? Mm-hmm. And what is it? Just a 22 rifle. It's because it was his. That's why. Right. Yeah. Because all the other stuff is just hard to pick. It's more sentimental than anything else. So that's the only reason. That may be the cabinet I bought my wife right. for 1911 or mine. Yeah, one of the two. So how long have you guys known each other? Too long. I mean, I've been drunk for most of it. Um, <laughs> Just since I started YouTube, buddy. Did you say you've been drugged for most of it or drunk? Well, when I'm around him, I'm usually got to be drunk. Uh, (laughs) So about about a year and a half. Not an easy guy to deal with. (laughs) Subconsciously, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, uh, about a year and a half or so. Since I started YouTube. Did you meet at SHOT Show or not? Where did we meet? Uh, Where did we? NRA. NRA show? NRA Houston. Okay. Yep. Yeah, NRA show. Yep. Yeah, because he started going to all the shows. So, and I go and I go to every single show for the last like twelve years. So, <laughs> I'm always at NRA, Shot, Olympia, Fiddle, Fiddle LA Expo, 
Anything fitness related and gun related, I'm usually there right. for like the last decade or so. So. And your background is law enforcement. Yes, uh, born and raised in Miami, Florida, and went into the Marine Corps in '98. Got out of the Marine Corps after four years, and then law enforcement for 15 years, and retired in 2016. Prior to retiring, two years prior, I started a company called Real World Tactical. It was a firearms training and a combative company. And um, that's when social media just started, was just starting around uh, Instagram. Facebook had been around for a little bit, but Instagram just started. So started doing some marketing on there, and then it just became, um, you know, just went to another level. It became a... Uh, not just a firearms training company, but a fitness company and a mixed martial arts company, all, all three in one. Right. Uh, and um, and now it's e-commerce, apparel, merchandise, a little bit of everything. I also own a gym down in Miami, Florida. Oh, really? Yes. What's the name of it? KO Zone USA World World Strength and Fitness. So it's two floors. The bottom floor is all fitness, and the second floor is all mixed martial arts. Right. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah. Gyms are tough, man. Gyms are, they're, it's a hard uh, business to get into. It's a right. lot of work. Right. Yeah, you got to fix machines all the time, deal with members all the time, deal with people, you know. Right. Not a people's person, so. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> no. Come on. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. I, I have a switch. I turn the switch on and then, you know, <laughs> become a people's person, but it is definitely emotionally draining for me. A lot right. of people don't realize that, but. It is. I don't know why. I just I've always been like a loner, you know, more of an introvert type of guy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So what do you guys think about? You know, Miami's definitely. You know, the insurance industry comes out with legal hellholes, and they they claim Miami's one of them. I ride a lot of insurance down there. Well, know. I know for one, the the hurricane is always going to be an issue. The hurricanes in Florida, period. The other one's going to be the flooding. Flooding is a huge issue in Miami. Um, Crime, that's another big ordeal. But I think civilly-wise, like civil civil lawsuits-wise, you're just going to... It's a shit show, man. Just, you know, you have so much stuff that goes on there, and it's a big city with a lot of legal issues. And, you know, Miami, it, you know, there's car, even just in car insurance. You know, when you have people that... Oh, let me say car insurance and medical insurance fraud. You know what I'm saying? When you have uh, car insurance and these guys are doing fake accidents and then going to the, these Medicare clinics and charging 10000 a person, you know, these are all insurance issues. These are all insurance, you know, these companies have to pay for that. So what happens is, you know, it trickles down, right? You, you this insurance companies are losing millions and millions of dollars every single year and then nobody wants to insure you. And if they do insure you, it's super, super expensive. Right. You know? So... You know, I think that, again, I, I compare everything to the playground when we grew up. You know, I yeah. picked you on my fucking teams. Yeah. <laughs> we were playing ball in the right. street or yeah, the can. Yeah. And, you know, you pick people based on, you know, how they'll react under pressure. Because if you're not under pressure, oh, right, absolutely. it's easy for everybody to talk a good story. But when you're under pressure, and that's all the legal system is, um, you know, the plaintiff's lawyers, and I look at things like guardrails, right? The plaintiff's lawyers are trying to get as much as they can all the time. Well, that's their job, right? And I admit that more now. And I almost blame it more on the insurance industry that we don't do our job, right? When the claim comes in, 
what you always hear from insurance companies are trying to save money, right? Settle it because it's going to save money. Well, that's what Remington got sold was it's going to save you money to just settle this bullshit case. Yeah, because they don't want to be in litigation for five years. Yeah, well, in their head, they're saying, no, we're going to have to pay a team of lawyers for five years on retainer. In my head, I say, I don't care if it takes 50. It's the right thing to do. And that's what, again, you learn as a kid is, you know, and and every time you, it's like the old story you told around the campfire. and It goes around and it comes back and it's totally different. You're the only one with your passion and your knowledge. My best insureds. They get in a car accident. I mean, the best guy I ever had drove a golf cart in Phoenix, and some Uber ran into him. And he had witness statements. He had pictures. He, he went to court, right? I mean, he is like doing the ins- To me, I'm just walking behind him saying, dude, you're awesome. Let's, let's go kick yeah, your ass. Yeah, yeah. Right? right? Most insureds aren't going to do that. They're going to keep doing their business, delivering trucks and the accident somebody else is taking care of. Mm. And you know, so they outsource the accident. Yeah, anytime you outsource and then they hand it off to somebody else, you know, these big companies that just manage claims, they call me up all the time. Oh, you know, you're stupid. You employ all these people. We could do it cheaper. We have all the employees. And I would say to them, So, you think I believe you can hire people easier than me? Right? Hiring good people is hard. Yeah. So, you know, if I don't want to hire good people, you think, Oh, I'll just hire them to do it. Yeah. Well, that's not going to be any better. Right. They're going to have the same struggles you do, and, and they really don't give a shit. No, they're not going to yep. care. They're yep. just trying yep. to bill you as much as they can for it. it. And yeah. you know, insurance companies will do stupid shit. Like when I have a claim, I have four thousand open claims. We do what we have to, right? When they hire me, they say, "We want you know you you don't do what we want. We want you to write us a letter every month." And I'm like, "So you want me to pull this file up?" write you a letter, even if it just says the same thing as last month? Yep, <laughs> that's our procedure. And I was like, okay. So when you hire people to do tasks, that's what they end up doing. So I'm, I hate outsourcing, right? I think everybody should do their fucking job. And so in-house lawyers, in-house, you know, we do it all in-house because I can at least fire your fucking ass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, if it's outsourced, I just go scream at you and I'd have to move 4,000 claims to somebody else. So, right. you know, it really is a team and a partnership. And I think that's where, um, you know, again, I think the gun industry as a whole, right? And I've dealt with this in the rafting industry. You know, the best guys, they're doing all the best shit. They want to put the little guys out of business that aren't meeting the standard. And I'm like, look, you can never put them out of business. You'll never put them out of business. You squish them, some other guys will pop up. So what you have to do is differentiate yourself. Right. Right? You you know the facts of your business and your case, and you never negotiate with a terrorist. You can't, you know, and that's what lawyers are if they're making shit up. So my favorite story is when, you know, you get sued and, if you're my insured, I'm managing you, right? Me right. and you are on the same team. And I tell you, look, I'm going to hire this lawyer, right? And that lawyer's going to tell me to fuck off at some point. And he's going to start telling you to settle the case. Rick, Rick's crazy. We shouldn't fight this. We should settle it. I want us to make that decision together. Yeah. And it's always going to cost me more money, right? When I right. win, I've spent more money. But the rewards of spending more money come down the road, like Remington, 
right? Now Remington settles that case. Now the rest of the industry everybody pays. gets yep. to pay everybody more pays. for that. And everybody there's going to be an opportunity where we can take that back. Um, but it's got to be the right case with the right yeah. facts. And you have to execute, right. you know, at that important time. And a lot of people aren't that committed to it because mm -hmm. they just think, oh, just let the insurance companies handle it. In cases like that, it, whatever happens, whether you win, lose, or settle, you're setting a precedent for every single other company. That's right. Because you're technically representing the entire industry and every single company that's, that's in right. your genre, right? The, whether it's a rifle manufacturer, pistol manufacturer, whatever it is, especially in something like that where we're, you know, it's, it's, you're affecting humans, right? It's for a long time. Yeah, for a too. very long time, you know, and you, the issue that I see here is it's almost like you're just giving up, right? And then you're giving up. If you're the person that is put in a position to set a precedence for whatever it is, you have to be the one to say, okay, I'm literally the spokesperson now, all right, right? I know I'm the victim or whatever for all of these different companies. I'm going to be the half the one that I'm going to have to stand my ground and right. fight this to the end for everyone else. Right. 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 And then at that point, most people don't want to do that because they don't want to be the either the guinea pig or they don't want, right. you don't want, you know. They, they, well, but again, that has to do with the team. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, 40 years ago, I hadn't won any lawsuits. Then I won the California Supreme Court release form case. And that's what really, I was put, like, yeah, holy shit, I'm, I was right. And all these smarter people were wrong. And I knew right then the whole thing was like chicken little, the sky is falling, legal yeah. hell holes, you can't win, nuclear verdicts. And if you hear insurance companies talk about how they never make any money, that's their problem. Yeah. Right, they're yeah. supposed to be smart enough, and again, assault and battery, right? Police officers' coverage, your immunity going away, and all of that. If I insure security guards, police officers, bars, whatever, I give them assault and battery, and we make them put cameras in, and then we have a plan. Same with active shooter. It's like let's have a plan because when they sue you for an event like that, their tact is, "What did you do to plan for this?" And most oh, people say, yeah, nothing. I didn't do anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's really simple to have a plan. Right? It's almost like an aircraft plan. How do you land it? You know, you practice it. Right. But it's in, hopefully you never have to use it. But if you do, everybody knows their job. So, I think with things like that, it's those are tough because... Let's say if it's an individual police officer. Now we're going to go back to his training and what has he done to prepare himself for those situations or what has the department done to prepare him for that situation so for example he kills someone trying to kill other people now the department is going to represent him or he's going to have a pba rep or whoever whatever union is going to well, represent him well it depends him. what they decide if they decide he didn't follow his training they're yeah. throwing him under the ball oh, 100% yeah. yeah so what will happen is being there you know talking from experience the moment the thing happens, you're gonna automatically you make a phone call, and then they bring you a, a union rep, right. right? That's that has to happen no matter what, right? right. Um, at that point, the state attorney gets on scene of whatever happened, and they make a preliminary pre preliminary determination right. of whether it was justified or unjustified. Not whether they're gonna defend you or not. Correct. Yeah. Whether they, whether <laughs> right. they're gonna they're gonna say okay this. 
this is a good shooting. Right. You're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Or they'll say something into the effect of like, this is wishy-washy. Get your lawyer. Right. Right. So then the department at that point, the, the guy who's going to help you is going to be your PBA rep, which right. is a... Sucks to say this, but a probably a very inexperienced lawyer to deal with something to that to that effect, right? right? And ninety nine percent of the time, if you, it is classified under immunity, meaning there were no bad intentions done, uh, you know, criminals out the door. But no matter what happens, you're always going to. And this is the thing I try to explain, officers. Um, when you get into a shooting, and you take someone's life. Okay, the family will automatically civilly sue you. Right. Okay. If you don't take his life and leave him paraplegic or right. just shoot he's him a couple times, he's gonna sue right. you. And this has happened every single time. The only time that I've seen this not happen, um, it was in a case that I had where they they made a deal with the actual guy um, that he would not go after the police department or the police officer, and he wouldn't be tried. Or he wouldn't see any jail time, so right. he would. They would give him like a settlement, right? They'll say, right. "Hey, listen, you're being charged for armed robbery, right? This happened to you. Uh, if we don't give you any time, you don't have to serve any time, then you cannot civilly Sign go after release, the right. department and all that stuff." They right. say, "Okay, no problem, no time, boom, and you're done." Um, the only issue with all the things is that 99% of the time, the department, if it is a case where the department, you know, provides you with some, and they usually do, they provide you with, with some form of defense. They will help you all the way to the point until it goes to trial. Now, once it hits trial and you lose, you're fucked. No, they withdraw. Yeah. Yes, correct. They withdraw at that point, yeah. and then let's say the person is suing you for, you know... I don't know, five hundred thousand dollars. Now you have to, Personal. you're gonna have to pay that right. as a human, like as you know, right. civilly that person. Right. Um, and that's why they always try to settle before it gets there. Mm. Okay, like I had a case that it lasted five years. It was a civil lawsuit. It was a SWAT operation that I had. It lasted five years over my head. The guy changed lawyers three times. Right. Uh, I had to go to three different depots for this particular case. Right. And. Um, it looked like it possibly might have been, it might have gone to trial, and the guy ended up ended up settling for like thirty thousand dollars, right? Right. But that was after five years right. of back and forth, right? You know, and the people have no idea how much stress right. that puts on a person. See, so right. one of the things I try, and I do truck drivers. You know, we had this truck, the fuel truck that rolled over in Miami, mm -hmm. across the barrier, and killed people, and that was one of my trucks. Yeah. So, again, we, we go at it, right? And same police officer shooting, truck accident, whatever. If it's your fault, then you should be going to them and, and negotiating with them directly, yeah. right? When you're charging them with a crime, obviously that gives you that opportunity. Yeah, of course. But if there's no crime, you know, you ran into somebody, you can pick up the phone and call them and say, look, you know, I'm at fault, 100%. I want to take care of it. Just let me know. Or you say, you know, it was kind of both our fault, but I think we should be able to work this out. And mm -hmm. I compare it to divorces. I've been divorced three times. So mm -hmm. lawyers love stupid divorces because they get rich, right? Oh, yeah. Now it's it's, oh, it's yeah, not about yeah, your money. They're making, making money back paying. and forth. They charge you $500 an hour. Right. So, yeah. you know, again, uh, a, a bad lawsuit where people... 
you know, they wouldn't settle if, if you offered it to them because they think you can get more, like your yeah. ex-wife. is like, well, if you're offering me that, I know I can get I more. Can, I can double that. Right. So, you know, and you just deal with people on a person-to-person -person basis. And, you know, again, we have helicopter ski deaths with doctors from New York, and we, you know, we got to ship the body home. So I tell the owner of the business, you got to call them, right? We didn't do anything wrong. We'll share our experts with you. We'll give you all the information, coroner's report, everything. We don't want you to pull any money, money out of your own pocket. And you start a dialogue, right? I think that's heading them off at the pass and doing the right thing. That doesn't happen in the real insurance world. When accidents happen, everybody kind of parts and there's no communication. And then the family starts writing checks for a funeral and the coroner, the body to get home. And it's the brother, the sister, and they're like, who are these assholes? Let's get a lawyer. Yeah, you, right. You're now an asshole to where they're going to go get a bigger asshole. Because yeah. I don't believe anybody likes lawyers either. No, That's no. why if you approach them and do the right thing, 80% of the time, good people aren't going to sue you. And I've been shocked that, you know, there was one guy who died on a river, a kid. His family comes out to Colorado. And, you know, normally most people would say, I don't want to go on that river. Their only request was they wanted to have their son's ashes spread on the river at the same place he died. Right now, if you ask me, what are the possibilities? You know, they're going to sue us. They're going to hate us. I would never have guessed they're going to want to go down the river and spread their kids' ashes. Mm, but right. you don't know until you, you engage with people. Right. And they were very religious people and, you know, didn't want to blame anybody for anything. And so, you know, if you never make that human connection, it's going to end up at a lawyer. And so... I think it, it has a lot to do with not knowing. So you get into a situation yourself whatever, let's say law enforcement based or whatever. You're getting sued, right? Yeah, and, and you're scared. You're scared. You're 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 sitting there and you're wondering and being there multiple times, several times, uh, you sit there and what you're doing is you're thinking about everything that just happened. Okay. And, and you're, you're alone. Huh? You're, you're feeling alone. Uh, hundred percent well, yeah, you feel right. right now you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm here. This has just happened, and you're replaying this scenario, situation, over and over. over and over in your head. And you're trying to cover every single basis, every single law that you could have possibly broken, or every single um, procedure, right. right? Guideline, police departmental, but that you could have, be that they're going to try right. to get you, right? right? So at that point, you're in fear, saying, okay, did I do everything right? Because if I didn't do everything right, I'm gonna lose my career, my job, possibly civil suit, possibly go to jail. Right. So all these four these things go through your brain as you're sitting there by yourself in a car waiting for your lawyer to get there or right. your representative to get there. Right. Now, and I'm gonna switch it on you real quick here. That happens when you don't have someone that you know or trust that is going to fight for you. Right. And that is the difference where X insurance comes in. Because now, at that point, let's just say I would have been on duty and I know for a fact I pay you every single month. You offer me, uh, you know, um, insurance if something like that were to happen to me. Right. You cover me or something like that. At that point now, I'm not going to be wondering if I'm going to be held out to dry or the guy that's coming now that I don't know who he is or I don't know what lawyer this guy is, is not going to fight for me. He's right. going to throw me under the bus. Right. And all these things, as they go into your brain, now you're saying to yourself, okay, 
I have a choice to make here because I can't fight alone. the department. Yeah, right. I can't fight right. alone by myself. Right. I don't know. I don't have enough knowledge. Right. You know, but if if I would have put myself back in a situation and some of the shootings or things that I have been in and I would have had like a company like X Insurance where I knew no matter what happened, whether it was right, wrong or in between somewhere there where we can find some kind of thing. It puts an ease in your brain because now you're saying to yourself, at least I know that the guy that's coming to represent me or the guy that I'm going to be calling is going to be on my side 100% and is going to fight for me right. regardless if I'm at fault, in the middle, or not at fault. Right. And that is, I think, the biggest thing that is uh, is missing in the law enforcement community, um, department-wise and just generally police officer-wise. Right. Because there's nothing out there that exists like that. Because right. every single department is is pretty much has a union. They have, you know, wherever that city right. is or that county, they have a union. Right. But these guys, you don't know who they are. Right. You know, you don't know, and you pay them every month, obviously. Well, you, you and we them. went, Brian and I went to the biggest union in L.A. and, you know, a bunch of lawyers around there, and they collect 25 bucks from, like, 400,000 yeah. cops around yeah, the country. And when this whole immunity thing was going away, you know, they wanted to buy insurance. And I'm like, well, you guys have money. You collect all this money from these guys. Why would you want to buy insurance? And so, again, they're trying to, you know, when an officer gets in trouble, they try and force the city or the county that they work for to defend them. When they throw them under the bus, then they have their backup lawyers. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, you know, who do you guys hire? Who do you use? Oh, I'm the lawyer. I'm, so, and you know, I do that with trucking companies and everything. And you know, I I got nothing against the trucking company lawyer, but I know he's not the best fucking lawyer. hundred percent. When I got arrested in Chicago, I wanted the best fucking lawyer. Right. You don't get the best fucking lawyer going out and shopping. No, no, right? no. Right, no, no. and, and negotiating right. with them. You mm -hmm. go find the best one, and I never ask them their rate. That's one of my tricks. With Once I ask them their rate, then the game's over. Yeah. Right? I just want to win. And, you know, some of them charge 1200 bucks an hour. Some charge 800 bucks an hour. But when the final bill comes and they know they want more work from me, they give it the old, you know, yeah. is Rick going to be happy with this? Yeah, and so, yeah. It's about performance and the way we perform. And, you know, cops are obviously under more pressure and more scrutiny now than anybody. But, you know, I deal with big trucking companies and they got 1,200 drivers. You know, accident, it's not the driver's fault. They tested me, test positive. So now, you know, they're coming after you. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I tell the driver, I'm like, look, you're, you know, and most companies just fire him. Right. And under auto, you insure the company, but you also insure the driver separately. So you have to hire two separate lawyers. Mm. Well, when you throw him under the bus, he now coming at you with the plaintiff. Right. He's going to say, oh, they made me drive more hours. I told them the brakes were worn out. You know, the taillight. Oh, yeah. Out. You're going to come with a, a yeah. list of all the things you told them they should have yeah. done. They didn't yeah. do. <laughs> so you got to, you know, I tell you, we manage this. Right. You got to fire the driver, but we hire him a criminal lawyer. And it's like I, I you know, it's like if your kid ended up DUI or whatever, yeah. you're not going to like solve it for him, but you're going to support him. It's like you dumbass. You know, now we got to get through that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, you don't throw a driver under the bus that's going to come back at you. And so you know, I deal with a lot of, you know, Russian drivers and the, the ethnic people who have moved here now. They're fucking scared as shit, 
right? They, yeah. They're just, and the lawyer's poking at them. They don't know the deal. So I tell everybody, look, it's my job is like I'm a mountain guide, right? And we're going to Mount Everest. And as you are doing a trip, you know, if you're with a good guide, as you're doing it, you get more confident. Yep. You're like, oh, that I like sense. this guy. He knows what he's that's, doing. That's, yeah, that, or as you're difference. going yep. up yeah. the mountain, you're like, I don't know, this fucker don't seem to be like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> it's know? getting more dangerous <laughs> by the second. We've almost died twice already. <laughs> so, that's how I feel when I'm on, in the car with Jonathan Turnbull. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't let on him the drive. Cousin, don't let him drive. <laughs> Yeah. But in the car with him, 10 minutes, you almost died three times. <laughs> yep. That's but true. you can make people stronger by having a good team, right? It's just, again, like being on the Super Bowl, being on the one-yard line. When that team has their oh, yeah. go-to play, they're almost unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. And when you're in life and, you know, situations like you've been in, big claims, you feel alone, right? The people that are supposed to be there for you aren't. And that's really where insurance should be. Right. And oh, again, absolutely. it doesn't matter whether you're like Remington, right? If you settled it, it should have been over. It shouldn't have been able to take him into bankruptcy. If you didn't settle it and you fought, right, it's going to be a long time. But yeah. I tell everybody, part of their game is wearing you out, right? In anything, war, yeah. law, you know, sports. And so That's we ain't going to get worn out. You're going to say, you have, you're going to have to kill me. Yeah, we ain't going to wear out. Yeah, you're going to have well, to kill me. Yeah. And within a very short period of time, like normally hours, you know, if you're involved in a shooting and I insure you, we should be together and we should know within a very short period of time what we think, right? And I've been there with guides where world-class guide, and she was a girl, Everest 12 times, she was guiding in Telluride, helicopter skiing, and they're skiing down and there's a woman in front of her. The woman falls down uh, like a tree well, and there's a river down there. So her helmet sticks in the mud, and she's underwater and she's drowning. And this world class guide is trying to pull her out. You know, and you've been snowmobiling or in snow, yeah. and you know, when you're sinking and you're trying to pull up, you can't do it. And so this girl died, you know, and she's yanking on her. And I always think about what the person, you know, I feel bad for the person who died too. Right. But yeah. the girl who, went through that as a guy. She didn't, she loved guiding. Trauma issues. Major trauma. She had done better to save the person's life. And then the person's family is going to go after you because... Well, they well, didn't. We went after them and we took them back to the place in okay. the summer. And, you know, again, it's, it's decisions, right? And if you miss that turn at that critical point because you don't have good communication and you right. don't have the right relationship, like homeowners in Florida is like, I'm not reporting that. They'll cancel me. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. People say, well, you know, it was a good shooting. Why would I report it? Because you live in fucking America, and yeah. we should have a plan, and Everybody's you should buy insurance from somebody you can be honest with. Mm. If you can't be honest with your insurance company and report the stuff, if you're having to clean it up or polish the turd, you <laughs> know you got shitty insurance. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, yeah. Or a shitty lawyer, well, before you get to the insurance. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, again, my my job is hiring good lawyers, and, again, you don't... Everybody in the insurance industry does hourly deals for a cheaper rate, right? Because yeah. they're outsourcing. Yeah, they're outsourcing. Like, well, I pay yeah. five fifty. Oh, we'll give you three fifty an hour, and you know whatever lawyers bill on an hourly basis. I think there's only twenty four hours in the day, but I've seen where they like bill for twenty eight hours in a day. So. Wow. 
you know, and that, that's, that's, you know, again, outsourcing, you're just giving people the opportunity to underperform. Yeah, to screw you over, pretty yeah. much. So, I, I, I think that's one of the biggest factors at the end of the day where, you know, you don't, there's accountability there. You know what I'm saying? When you outsource something, there's no accountability. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's not you dealing with those people. It's going to be their people dealing with those people. And then right. you don't know what that person's going to say or what, you know, is he saying, oh, let's save money or let's fight this thing or whatever. Right. And in situations where your life literally is at stake, right. in a situation where you're like saying, okay, I'm going to lose my life, I'm going to lose my career, my house, my business, everything, you know, you right. have to have a company like X Insurance where they're just going to fight. Yeah. If it's if it's the right thing to do, it, they're going to fight. If it's the right oh. thing to settle in regards to negotiate, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's the right thing. But at least you can trust that a company is going to do that for you so that you don't feel like we were saying alone. Right. You don't feel like, man, this guy next to me, I don't trust him. Right. I don't know if he knows what he's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, right. is he really... Is he really fighting for me in regards for like for my my better being, right? Right. Um, or is he just trying to undercut me and just get it over with, you know, or right. whatever they may be? And and I think that's the biggest problem in the law enforcement community where something bad does happen, you know. And look how many things has happened to these cops are doing 15, 20 years to life. Right. You know, and then you you come back. This cop, uh, I remember there was a, a situation maybe a couple years back where the person jumps out of the house and starts running at the police officer with a knife. You know, police officer shoots and kills a person. Technically, should be a justified shooting. It's lethal force on lethal force, you know, justified homicide. And apartment fires him. Uh, family sues him. They try to go after him criminally. You know what I'm saying? All these different things. And it was just because... He didn't have anybody there. Right. He didn't have anybody there to fight for him to say, okay, let's go back and look at the next last 30 years and 30 cases right. that this was 100% justified. Right. And it's, an easy, it's, it's literally a black and white case. It really is. But right. if you're in a situation where the media gets you and they twist it and they do this, because that's what the media does 99.9% mm -hmm. .9 of the time, they take out all the... So Facts. you know the best case, and we went hunting with Kyle Rittenauer, Rittenhouse, and, you know, and I was, A.W.R. Hawkins was, he says, I'm going, I'm like, I'd like to meet that kid, yeah. right, because I was like shocked that he didn't take a deal. Yeah. They never offered him a deal. Really? They wow. were, they overcharged him, and they were going for the gusto. Or, so he said he had no choice. Yeah, and so, you know, again, I was going to say earlier that there isn't a lawyer on the planet that's ever going to tell you or me to fight a case. They're going to bill it all the way, and then they want to settle everything. Mm -hmm. right? And so it's our job to tell the lawyer, and every case I've won, I've told the lawyer no, and I've had the support of my insured, because I, I can't do it with, you know, we got to be in lockstep. That, yeah. No, we're not, we're not settling this. And, you know, the image I give people is, you sue me frivolously, I never negotiate with you. Our lawyer is going to say, Rick, come on, trial's coming up. you got to make them some offer. I'm like, so what would that be? You know, they want $3.5 million. What do you want to offer them? Well, let's start off at 50. I'm like, so will they take 50? Is that why we're doing that? No, no, but <laughs> it'll get the game going. I'm like, look, I don't want to get a game going. <laughs> I want them to know 
that I'm headed to the court, right? My back, and you should say to them, they're like, where's he going? He's not making us an offer. Say, yeah, he's going to the jury. Yeah, straight And up. that's when they shit their pants oh, because yeah. they don't expect that. And, you know, again, my own lawyers at that point will think I'm a dick and they'll go to you and say, you know, I think we need to convince Rick that we should make him some offer. And that just shows that now you're going to negotiate with a terrorist. That is the wrong move. Yeah, you're never going to win that. At some point, they are going to come to you with a much lower number than three and a half. If you throw out 50, I guarantee it's never going to be 50. It's going to be more than that. If you never throw out a number and they're out of pockets or 40 or 50. I know what the best number is, Rick. Zero. One dollar. One dollar. Not even one dollar. 99 cents. So the, the state of Mississippi sued every insurance company, and they all settled for Katrina. I was the only one that didn't settle. They went six and eight, six point eight million. Then they dropped down to six hundred eighty thousand. Then they came to two fifty. Then they went to one fifty. Then my lawyer, and he's a plaintiff's lawyer in Louisiana, I use a lot, and he called me. And he says, "Rick, twenty five grand. You don't even have to write the check to them. You write it to the hurricane fund." And I'm like, dude, I ain't paying them one penny. That's a win for them. They can now say we got money from every insurance company. Now I can say I'm the only insurance company. Nah, that didn't I didn't pay give them money. This is the point. This is the point. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's a game, and it's scary. Yeah. And when you only in, you know get involved in it every once in a while, the people who get involved in it more like bigger trucking companies. They kind of become more accustomed to it like I do. But, you know, again, what I do in the rafting community, I had one rafting guy. He was the best rafting guy in Colorado. He had three deaths in one year. So all the other outfitters, all the regular, everybody's like throwing him under the fucking bus. You know, he's shitty, this, that. Wasn't true. It just, you know, he had three accidents. Yeah, bad luck. Big, yeah, yeah. big water that year and just bad circumstances. So we got him through all three of those. You know, we didn't we didn't ever get sued. We managed them. So now when people have claims and I'm talking to them, you know who I call in? Ray. Like Ray. You know, and if if you came and talked to other cops that were in your situation now, and yeah. you could say, look, dude, we got a plan. We got to, you know, you give them co- People who have been through it, that yeah. gives them comfort. Somebody oh, yeah. who's, you know, managed this type of litigation yeah, before, yeah. that gives them comfort. So, again, that's what it's about is being there and giving them a <laughs> Yeah, but usually confidence. what happens is you ask the guy for help, and he's like, doesn't look good, man. It doesn't look good. <laughs> They're like, it doesn't look good, bro. Take the money. <laughs> you know? Because cops are the most cynical, most, you know, they're very pessimistic. Yeah. So if something can go wrong, it's going to be a half a glass, <laughs> half empty. It's not going to be a glass half full. That I can guarantee you. <laughs> well, all we want is better outcomes. We yeah. don't want the worst possible outcome. Now, right. I, I think, honestly, it's just a matter of having someone that you trust behind you. Right. If you can, if, you know, and like I said, if you get someone where whatever happens, at least you know that person's got your back. Right. Right, that insurance company, you're like, yo, these guys are the best. And I know no matter what happens, that alone just gives you the confidence to to say, okay, let's see what we can do. I'm right. not I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna just, you know, right. give, you know, like I'm not gonna let settle out. I'm, I'm gonna fight so it. You know? we, we offer police officers, gun owners, everybody, personal liability policy that covers you work, home and play. And we, we don't exclude 
like assault and battery and the things that would prevent us from defending you of an alleged crime, right? So we would defend you, right? Even if you robbed a bank, right? Yeah. We would defend you until you were found guilty, and then then we're out. Yeah. But because um, insurance can't cover a crime, but right. you know every lawsuit is an allegation. Of something. What the yeah, insurance some companies have done is they've added wording to not have to cover alleged criminal acts. So lawyers will always allege that. Same with assault and battery and sexual abuse and molestation. They know that insurers have carved that out, so they they make the case more difficult by throwing in an allegation they know is not covered, and then you have to go get your own lawyer. And you're like, well, I thought that's what the union did, or I thought that's what the department oh, did. No, I'm no. not going to go hire my own fucking lawyer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I've been selling that actually to bus drivers, because you know how they say the bus driver gets thrown under the bus in every accident? Yep. Yeah. You know, that's what companies do, right? They try and protect themselves and throw their bus driver always, under the, always, the accident. Yeah, the, 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 it, always, it always comes down to, did you break policy? At some form or some point, did you break policy? Right. And then the whatever company it is will try to find something that you did that you broke policy so that they can CYA themselves. Right. Because if you broke policy, now that they're not they're not they're off the hook, right? It's your it's your fault. Right. Now if you followed policy to the T and you did exactly what they said you can do, then they're gonna be like, Okay, he fought he did what he was supposed to do. Okay, right. so now we have to cover him. Right. Because we're the ones who wrote that policy, right? You know, and then, and but I think again, that's what I wonder, with the cops, you know, I wonder even, you know, like in your cases, um, where they did protect you or they did give you care. You know, was he the best lawyer, right? Or could could he would still be there? But if you had your own, you know, representation, oh, yeah. looking over his shoulder, and then if they exit or they throw you under the bus, you still have your own guy, but. Again, you know. But I think, you know what? The average person doesn't think that's... They don't think that's affordable. Right. The average person doesn't think that's affordable. You know what I'm saying? So... Well, for our policy, started at 199 bucks a year. That's what cops pay. And in, in Colorado, we do a lot of them because they lost their immunity. But I, I tell them all, you know, you guys are really afraid about... The rest of us don't have fucking immunity. Right? Yeah, and yeah. you really don't have immunity yeah. if you don't obey the, the rules. The immunity so $199 a year only? Yeah. That's what, what it starts good. at. I mean, I do some... <laughs> what does I, that come out to a month? Let me see. I don't know, like 12 bucks, 8 yeah, bucks. Yeah, that's crazy. like that. That's super yeah. cheap. But That's super cheap. Yeah, because really good. Like, like I said, for example, the PBA, it was like $75 a month. Yeah, I mean, the the um, USCCA, it's like 600 bucks a year. 600 And, you know, we're like, Less than that by a lot, like three hundred bucks is our normal wow. deal. But and it's real insurance, right? The other programs are like a warranty program yeah. with insurance behind it, and you yeah. know they're the ones collecting all the money and doing it. Yeah, that's like uh, when company. I used to teach, I used to have insurance, you know, liability insurance, you know, and and I remember we, me and you talked about it one time, and then I, I think I showed Brian the. The sheet, you know, and he was like, "This is garbage." You know, I was like, yeah, it's great. You have a million dollar liability insurance, but if something happens, you're not covered because right. it, it it outlines the exact thing that could possibly happen. They're like, "Well, right. but that happens, you're, we're not going to cover you." Right. So, you know, that's usually how it works. Well, 
We specialize in custom fitting. Do you know what a haberdasher is? I didn't until I started mm-hmm. hanging out with the guys in Naples, Florida. A haberdasher is like a... Do you don't know what a haberdasher is, Johnny? Come so on, Magnum. No, they're a suit. Mm-hmm. They, they tailor your suit. That's what a haberdasher is. You know, oh, when you go in and really? get your custom tailor. Custom, custom tailor. Suit. I always hear it as custom tailor. So that's yeah. what... You know, that's really what you need. And what the insurance industry sells is cans of corn, right? Doesn't oh, matter what yeah. you, cookie cutter. It's the same, it's a cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah. It's the same deal to everybody. Oh, I need this. Oh, we don't offer that. You know? Template. Yeah. So. See, this should take it or leave it. And we don't, yeah, there's no custom stuff. Anyway, I thank you guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. It was a pleasure being on. Sure. Thank you for having me. For having us. It was us. badass, for sure. Learned a lot, actually. We want to come check out the range and the collection. Yeah, anytime. All you got to do is call me. Yeah. Come out. I can do it anytime. So I where in this North year. I think we're going to go like in a couple months. When in, where in North Dakota? Is well, it this like? one's, the collection's mainly in Colorado. All right. Yep. So and so is some of the ranch. And the other things are in North Dakota. So, so where in Colorado? Like Durango um, or? No, southeast of Denver. Okay. So I'm between Denver and Kansas. Kansas. Right. right. So it's a pretty nice area. Really nice area, actually. Right. So pretty quiet. Well, yeah. we, we fly over there in the helicopter when we're flying to Florida. Fly right over you. Oh, you did? Yeah. Fly the helicopter. You fly the helicopter to Florida? You did take the jet? Well, I, I do fly it there, yeah. Yeah. I fly it long distance sometimes. Really? Yeah, That's no. That's a long flight. A yeah, no. It, we take a week and stop and see people. And oh, that's cool. We, we do dog sled tours there, land right in their yard. In Colorado, they do dog, dog sleds in Colorado? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they that's do. They do cool. everything in Colorado. Everything's better in Colorado. It's better in Florida. Well, you it's don't get a, it's, better Florida. it's better in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever say that again. It's cooler. Don't ever say that again. Yeah. Don't ever say that again. Let's grab that break with another. What, what was that quote that you just said of the last one that was? We don't sell insurance, we form partnerships. Yeah.